When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Hello, hello, folks. Welcome back to another edition of County Cricket Natters. And hallelujah. Four day cricket is back. We've had a full round of county championship action, and what a round it was. Plenty of games going right down to the wire, and the sun is shining. What could be better? I'm Sam Dowling. Sadly, no Annie Chave with us this week. We wish her well. She will be back very shortly. Don't worry. And I'm sure she is listening. But I'm delighted to be joined as ever by Middlesex fan Gloucestershire and Essex commentator supreme. He's got fingers in many pies, as you would expect. Dan Whiting. Hey, Dan. Hi, Sam. Just me and you this week. It's a bit like Saint and Greavesy without the booze. Well, you can speak for yourself, Dan. I've got a nice a can just off the screen. <laughs> it's, you know, what is it? Lunchtime on a Thursday? Glorious, glorious. Well, look, Dan, I'm going to hand over to you without further ado, because I believe you're going you're gonna to guide us seamlessly, or a few, few seams, few balls, cross seams, scrambled seams. Over to you. Yeah, let's start off with that relegation battle down at Canterbury where it was a must-must-win for Gloucestershire, and sadly they, they didn't win, and they're cast adrift at the bottom of the table. Gloucestershire started off 438, Miles Hammond 66. Glenn Phillips, he was only signed for the, the Vitality Blast tournament, but he played a red ball game here, and he got 125, so there's food for thought there. Kent responded with 564, partnership of 254. So Jack Leaning got 128, and Jordan Cox... 158, Jordan Cox, the sandwich man, the town where he's from, but not his day job. Uh, there was also a 5 for 58 there from Tom Price, including a hat-trick on his first uh, outing of the season in Red Bull cricket. But then Gloucestershire crumbled to 33 for 5, including three night watchmen there. <laughs> falling. Jacob Duffy doing the damage. They were recovered to 213, but it wasn't enough. And Kent romped home by eight wickets. Sam, Gloucestershire, they're down more or less already, aren't they? It's going to be really tough for them. Things just seem to be going wrong. I mean, that game, I was watching it, I was at Taunton, and it just looked to be petering towards the draw. You thought, OK, no danger really here. Honours even. It's away from home, so escape with the points. Nice. And then suddenly... As you say, Gloucestershire just imploded. Wasn't quite... Price got a hat-trick, didn't he? Duffy didn't quite get a hat-trick. I mean, at what point 
does Miles Hammond come out himself rather than keep sending Night Watchmen out? I don't know, but it's just it's when you see a scorecard like that, and you, when you see them throw it away really from that position, you know in sport where you, you can sense teams are having it's either all going their way and they're just going to romp to doubles, trebles, titles, or it's all going against them. You know, Gloucestershire, even that Somerset T20 result, they basically lost it from an impossible position. Likewise with Kent. So you just fear for them? Yeah, I think uh, you know, the social media channels uh, with Gloucestershire aren't very pretty reading at the moment. But you're right, when it unravels, it unravels properly. You know, and it just goes horrendously wrong. Um, there have been some some strange batting choices, and they they really really have to beat Lancashire now in Bristol next week, and that's going to be a tough tough call. Nassim Shah's not coming back now, is that right? No, he's not coming back. Um, so I don't know if Glenn Phillips will hang around at all at the end of the end of the blast contract but uh, he's a wonderful cricketer and hopefully he'll he'll hang around marcus harris is out away with australia a he opened the batting with matt renshaw where both of them failed abysmally uh, in that one but uh, yeah it, it's it's tough it's tough times and gloucester are finding that division one is a massive massive jump they just need to make sure they don't get cut adrift i was looking at the table a bit earlier on and they need that win, that first win of the season, just to ensure. Because it does. It, you come down. You, what you want to be is in touch. Last couple of weeks of the season, and if you're not in touch, it's virtually impossible, isn't it? So they just need to get off the mark, just for for confidence and psychologically as much as anything. Yeah, traditionally they're very good at Cheltenham, and they've got two home games at Cheltenham at the end of July. Um, I'm just hoping it's not too late by then, because uh, they've got Lancashire in a four day at the end of June, and then they've got. I think it's Essex away in mid-July. So, uh, but they they really, I mean, they could well be almost down at the end of the Cheltenham Festival, which would be horrendous. Anyway, let's move on to another side struggling in the West and at Taunton, where there were more head injuries than happened to John Wayne Bobbitt back in the day. Um, Somerset, 180. Uh, two batsmen out with concussion. Surrey then responded with 382. Rory Burns, 113. Will Jacks, what a good player he looks. 88 there. Somerset then responded back with 394, thanks to a, uh, what can only be described as a courageous 100 there from Lewis Gregory. And then Surrey scraped over the line, thanks to 62, again from Will Jacks. And there were four wickets there for Casey Aldridge. But uh, Somerset, the, the batting. Isn't clicking, is it? No, it's not, Dan. I, I was lucky. I was there all four days. I, I, I had to leave just as Surrey were free down on the final afternoon. And it looked like, oh, is it going to become a real thriller? I had to leave, get a train back to London. But look, Lachlan Stevens, the Somerset batting coach, after they so they won the toss, Tom Abel, they elected to bat. It was a decent pitch, 180 all out. He came out and pulled no punches with what he said. He said, we were a little bit timid. We need to find a method. He even said... Every time this season, bar one occasion where the bowling has been good, where we've been under the pump, we've not found a way of dealing with it. And I thought there was no platitude there. It was pretty frank. He said, we've got to do a bit better second innings. And they did. Lewis Gregory batted really well. Lewis Goldsworthy made a maiden first-class half-century. Tom Abel, 
he looked set for a huge score. Tom Abel ran himself out, took on Gus Atkinson's arm. Absolute rocket of an arm. It was about a oh, good few inches short of his ground, trying to scramble back for two in a situation where you're basically batting to save the game. Uh, so just didn't go well, but they showed a lot of fight uh, second time around. Now, a couple of words for Surrey, because they're missing some big players. Folks, Pope, Curran, Topley from that championship side. No DeGrand, Tom. Jason Roy also away of England, but he doesn't play this game. They came down. Hashim Amla was here. There was so much went on that first day. Hashim Amla batted in the evening of the first day, but actually wasn't well enough to continue in the first innings. He came back out late in on day four, but we hadn't seen him until then. Dan Worrell, you'd have seen him a bit at Gloucestershire last year. Absolutely superb bowler. Has it on a string, swings it both ways. He was superb up top. And Jamie Overton is just maturing. There were just signs that he is at the top of his game. He picked up Freefa. First couple of spells, and he said afterwards, pitch was doing a bit, so I just held it back a bit. All I needed to do was swing it around. Didn't need to bowl flat out. And you think, oh, you wouldn't have said that two years ago. You'd have just tried to bowl and hit people the entire time. And he said, 50 overs in, it stopped doing stuff. So I thought, right, now I'm going to have to bowl quickly. And he did. And he said, you know, I didn't mean to... You never want to hit people as a fast bowler, but actually it's part of the trade. And so second boy professional cricket against his twin brother, Bonk, on the helmet. He went down. Craig went off. It looked all OK. Josh Davey was at the other end, batting all right, following over. Hit Josh Davey in the head <laughs> as well. So Josh Davey didn't come back. He was co- he was concussion subbed out that night. <laughs> Jamie he actually said afterwards, look, I knew Craig was all right. He didn't play the short ball very well. Uh, he tried. To, Craig basically tried to take him on. Fair play to him. Um, and he'd been wrapped on the fingers by Worrell previously. Uh, long story short, Craig Overton had signs of delayed concussion. So they subbed him out of the game. That brought Casey Aldridge in. Marcin DeLanger also came in. So it was all changed. The scorers had an absolute... Uh, they did a sterling job to keep on top of it, but and then I forgot. Rory Hearns made Rory Hearns made an absolutely wonderful hundred, just the ballast that Surrey needed. And Will Jacks, as you said, eighty in the first innings, sixty in the second as well. When there was a potentially tricky chase on, um, I can't see Surrey being stopped this season. Not in the county championship. They'll definitely get to T Twenty finals day. Then it becomes a bit of a lottery. But what a team they are! They certainly are. They've got massive strength in depth. Um, but not a lot of brotherly, brotherly love down at Taunton by the sound of it. It's, uh, it sounds like, you know, uh, an episode of casualty going on there with people dropping downhill, people going off with concussion, subs coming in, subs, you know, people going off. It sounds, uh, sounds like a like commentator's nightmare, Sam. It was a little bit. We were trying to just, you kind of living it live and saying, oh, we're not sure what's happening here. Oh, who's coming out now? Uh, and we weren't sure if the innings would end. Uh, because of players not being able to come back out, but then we realised you could come out and replace as a batter. It was all all going on, but great fun, beautiful day, beautiful crowd at Taunton. One thing I should point: Dan Kingdom flagged this. It's been picked up on. That was the last day of county championship cricket at a weekend. Somerset will play home or away this season, and I'm not just talking from a Somerset perspective. That's across the board for a lot of counties, which to me is a disgrace. It's mid June. I saw that. It's uh, it's a travesty, and it's no wonder that the the four day game is 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 you know. Well, people say they're struggling. We don't say that, though, do we, Sam? We don't say that. We love it. Anyway, let's move on up to Birmingham, 
where Sam Hain got 130 and Warwickshire 292. Lancashire responded one run short, 291, thanks to Stephen Croft with 90. Warwickshire batted again, 327 for nine. Alex Davis with 121 against his old county. But Lancashire, they got 330 for six to win by four wickets. Luke Wells, 175 not out. Will Williams made his debut there for Lancashire. He's a New Zealander. He's got the lovely name of William Salter Austin Williams. And he's a 29-year-old from Christchurch. He averages just 22 with a ball in first-class cricket. There's a lot of good Kiwis around, aren't there? Even, you know, I mean, they're a good side at test level. But even below that, I mean, we spoke about Glenn Phillips earlier. Will Williams there. There's some good ones in county cricket, aren't there, Sam? Yeah, loads of them. They're absolutely fantastic. Will Williams, Harry Everett, one of my co-commentators, and is a friend of the show too. He said he was playing. Will Williams was playing club cricket for Bridgewater when he got the call up. So he, uh, Harry, didn't feel too bad about making two off twenty balls opening the batting against him when he realised he was actually a basically a first class bowler. Um, <laughs> and so went up and did absolutely brilliantly. So hats off and ended up helping Lancashire on their way to victory. I mean, before we talk about Luke Wells, quick, as you said, Sam Hain, 100. What we should say is yet another 100. Yeah. In his last three first-class games, he's made 202 not out, 109 not out against Yorkshire, and now 130 against Lancashire. For some reason, he seems to be off the radar of England selectors. We've talked about his list A prowess. I mean, got to be worth a go at some point, surely, Dan? Yeah, I mean, I don't know where he fits in. I mean, in that middle order... For England, I'd say that Harry Brook is probably the next cab off the rank. It's opening the batting, isn't it, for England? I mean, all right, Lee's got a few runs. Zach Crawley looks horrendously out of Nick. I mean, he, you know, he, he's nicking, he's nicking off more than a junior copper going for promotion. Um, you know, he, he's, he's, I, I don't know, he, he's just looks in bits. His foot movements negligible, and I think, uh, I think England might need a, a new opener, but. I want to go back to Bridgewater because you've done a lot of work recently, haven't you, with uh, the lad who um, had a got beaten up on a on a night out in Bridgewater. Tell us more about that. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Actually, yeah, Mondley Tamalo, who was over South African under nineteen international, was playing in his first stint over here for North Peverton Cricket Club. It's quite local to Taunton. It's a club where the likes of Ian Blackhorn and Mike Burns have played previously, and Basically, he got struck on a night out, hit his head on the pavement as he fell and fractured skull in an induced coma for five days. It was really touch and go. A couple of times, he had two or three operations to remove pressure on the brain. Uh, there's a lad called Lloyd Irish, who I know, who's actually one of the better non-league goalkeepers around, also plays for North Peverton. He's been there by his bedside. A chap called Rob Humphreys, his agent, has been there by his bedside. Mum and uncle are now over. Mum had never left her town before in South Africa, didn't have passports, didn't have visas. Cricket South Africa interjected. I mean, the the response of cricket has been wonderful and people might have seen, there's some amazing videos of a week on, Mondi is stood up taking catches um, with a cricket ball and there are there's footage of him saying, yeah, I want to play my next game. So it's a long, long way to recovery. The doctors are saying it's an absolute miracle. They've never seen anything like it everyone I've spoken to about him just says he was the loveliest human going it's touched a lot of hearts we're putting together a charity auction a bit like the one we did last winter 
people like Labashane, Sean Massoud, Neil Wagner, uh, Jack Leach, all straight straight involved, no hesitation. It's been brilliant. Kyle Abbott, too, sending a shirt along. Chris Cook at Glamorgan, it's been fantastic. George Linder from Kent left me a shirt at the Blast game on Friday night. So, yeah, you know, it's just sad that it sometimes takes the worst of humanity for us to see, trying to light on the best of it, too. Yeah, it's a fantastic response. And, you know, what, what's amazing about this game is we give each other the shit, don't we? I mean, you give me enough shit about Middlesex and vice versa. But underneath it all, this wonderful sport underpins uh, a way of life and, uh, you know, shows all the good things in humanity, really. And uh, it's fantastic to see. Anyway, on uh, let's get back to, to what's gone on elsewhere and Southampton at the Bowl. Yorkshire, 428. George Hill, 131. Uh, Brad Wheel, having gone out on loan to Gloucestershire, has come back and reinvented the wheel with four for 59. Uh, Hampshire, 410. Ben Brown, 83 of those. Then Yorkshire were 178 all out. Three wickets apiece for Keith Barker, Kyle Abbott and Brad Wheel again. And then Hans got it eight down. They struggled. It was only Liam Dawson with 67. Nick Gubbins, 42. And there were six in the game for Jordan Thompson. But Hampshire look like they're right on Surrey's tails, don't they, Sam? Yeah, I suspect Surrey would have been kind of driving home. They finished a little bit earlier, just with half an eye on that, thinking, come on, Yorkshire, do us a favour there. But Hampshire, quality outfit. It's, they will chase them all the way. Uh, Brad Wheel, quality bowler, uh, I don't think he needs to reinvent anything, although I did I did enjoy the segue. I, th- I think it just lets the sign of how strong Hampshire were. Mohamed Abbas was there. He couldn't get a look in. They've got Abbott. They've got Barker. They've got Wheel. Strength and depth. To have the... They were in a bit of trouble, you know, to have Dawson and Vince in that middle order, the experience. And you've got Ben Brown. You look at the side. Barker, Fuller. So much cricket. So much talent. I still think, I've said it already, so I can't really change my mind in 10 minutes. I think Surrey will win it, but Hampshire could run them all the way, and you never know. Jordan Thompson at Yorkshire, he is a cricketer that makes things happen. Like, if you needed, if you're going into session four, last half hour, you need three wickets. Yorkshire need three wickets to win, 40 runs to play with. Jordan Thompson, A, he's the one saying, chuck me the ball, Skip, but he is the one you throw it to. You need a wicket, Jordan Thompson makes it happen. Yeah, for me, Hampshire's batting will probably let them down at some point. And I just don't think that they've got the depth of Surrey, the strength of Surrey. And I don't think they'll quite make it. Jordan Thompson, I've got a lot of time for this guy. He's a type 1 diabetic. And to, to overcome that, to play professional sport, is an amazing achievement. Uh, he's also a top, top lad. When we had him at Gloucestershire in the first home game of the season... He was fielding down in front of a stag group from Froster Cricket Club uh, in Gloucestershire. And they turned up with 11 guys in their whites, two umpires and a duck. And uh, Jordan Thompson was fielding down in front of them and misfielded. And uh, they gave him a bit of stick. He took it well. And I believe that they gave him an invite to the wedding. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, but yeah, excellent. Anyway, that rounds up Division One. So let's go through the table. Surrey top the table with 127. Hampshire just three points behind 124. Then there's a gap down to Lancashire 108. Another gap to Yorkshire 96. And then there's another gap with three sides: Warwickshire 78, Essex 76, who didn't play this week. 
Kent 75, Northampton 66, Somerset 61, and Gloucestershire adrift at the bottom with 41. Sam. Before we move on, very quick word because we forgot it earlier. Luke Wells, 175, not out. England need an opener. That man's gone up to Lancashire, having been at Sussex all his career. He's doing the job, ground out. That's a, not an easy chase. To get 175 out of 330-odd with wickets around him, proper technique, that lad, proper four-day player, can play white ball cricket too, but top of the order, England could do worse. Yeah, he's uh, he, and he catches pigeons that slip as well, doesn't he? He's uh, he's a proper proper player. Let's move on to Division Two and the East Midlands Derby, where there's a bit of bad blood between these two counties, isn't there? Because you know a lot of players have been uh, brought through the system at Leicestershire, and then uh, in the eyes of Leicestershire fans, Nottinghamshire have nicked them. So uh, the Robin Hood used to rob the rich to pay the poor. The Robin Hood of the modern day uh, robs the poor to make the rich richer. But that's the way of the world at the moment, isn't it? Anyway, let's move off away from politics. Leicestershire, the hosts, they got 440. Lewis Hill, 104. Colin Ackerman, 116. Nottinghamshire then responded, bullied them. Ben Duckett, 145. And then Leicestershire crumbled. To 99 all out. Liam Patterson White, 4 for 15 to lead Nottinghamshire and winners by an innings and nine runs. Sam, before we go on to Nottinghamshire, because you know we've spoken about them a lot, Leicestershire, Colin Ackerman, we, we worked on the game last year with him and uh, he's lovely to watch, isn't he? I was just, when you said his name, my memories just went back to Merchant Taylor School where we were. Because you know, you uh, I don't get to see Leicestershire that much, and you know he scores runs. And he's, isn't he the T20 world record holder of bowling as well? Um, he's got a seven for or something. But yeah. he was so easy on the eye that day, and I can imagine this was another similar knock. I does he doesn't skip them anymore, does he? He's Callum Parkinson, um, and you think that top four is not bad, you know. Azad, Rishi Patel, Lewis Hill got 100, Colin Ackerman. And when they got 440, you just like, go on Leicestershire then. Like, they might not win the game, but you shouldn't lose the game getting 440 in the first innings. I know Gloucestershire did in the first division. Um, but yeah, you do wonder if it, it, it's one of those teams where there's so much pressure on him to score runs. And if he doesn't get scores, does that... Uh, the correlation between Ackerman not making runs and the team not making runs as a collective is probably too close. Yeah. Whilst we're on Leicestershire, uh, massive, massive kudos to their chairman there. Uh, Sean Jarvis, is that his name? Who uh, He gave tickets for 10 quid to Vitality Blast games and they've sold out. And in general, Blast crowds have been down around the country. And for him to do that... It's the add-ons they get. Those guys will all go and buy a burger. They'll go and buy two or three pints at the bar. And it's really good forward thinking, don't you think, Sin? Yeah, spot on. You know, and also the lots of family, I think family tickets were available. And that there's been a bit of a, a kind of murmurings this year that some of the blast crowds are actually not that well behaved. I, it's a general theme, isn't it, post-COVID, that 
crowds are a little bit rowdier and it's it's sometimes not as nice and so he's gone out and uh, trying to bring the families in they do an amazing job there and it's exactly like you say I saw him tweet some stats I haven't got them in front of me because well yeah suddenly our takings in the shop are up 30 40 50 percent and that's all stuff by just you're still getting the money by getting people through the gates you're making it reasonably priced you're making it accessible winning and you're including people you see some, some clubs charging 35 40 quid for a t20 and I know you can make the argument about value and people look at Premier League football tickets and whatever, but the fact is, whatever whatever there is the value in it for some people, if you simply price people out, then you're not including them, and so there's never going to be value for them. So I love what Leicestershire are doing. I, re- I really want them to do a little bit better on the pitch. They're doing all right in the T20, um, but brilliant work. Yeah, it's not just the value of them attending for one game, it's having a good time and attending for two, three more in the future, isn't it? And uh, I agree with you on ejections as well. Somerset put out a statement last week, didn't they, about uh, they've had a number of ejections down there and there have been hostile crowds at, uh, you know, Canterbury have got a little bit of a... Uh, they like to get on the sauce down there. Chelmsford can be a bit of a bear pit. And uh, I saw a couple ejected last week out of Bristol. I don't know who they supported. Go on. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I, I feel like you've had to do all the... the you've been parky tonight, so I'm going to turn it... Around on you. Not tell me about Nottinghamshire. I mean, how good are they? And they're not quite cantering to the title yet, though. No, they're not, but they will do. Um, I thought Middlesex might push them close, but we'll come on to that soon. But they've just got quality, you know, right through their side. And what they're doing as well is they're bringing through their youngsters. Liam Patterson White looks a, a wonderful cricketer. So they're not just you know, uh, nicking them from other counties, as is the sort of perception of Nottinghamshire. They, they're actually bringing through their own. Ben Duckett's had a new lease of life. He seems to, all right, he's come from another county, but uh, he's had a new lease of life with 145 there. And whilst on the subject of Nottinghamshire, can I just say that the ground staff produced an absolutely wonderful wicket for that test match we saw last week, where... All four results were possible going into the final session of day five. And, you, you know, you can't get better than that. No, speaking of ticket prices and bringing people in, well played, Trent Bridge, whoever made those decisions. It's a no-brainer. Suddenly, you know, day five crowds can be down. People have had the best day of their life. There have been kids that have gone to that that would never have otherwise gone to for a day's test cricket. They've been, what a, that's just got them hooked. And they'll have made two, three times the amount behind the bar in the shop than they would have done on a normal day five, where they perhaps only been had 25, 30, 40% of the crowd. So, yeah, good decisions. They're logical, but they're not always made. Yeah, I, I spoke to uh, one of the chief execs of a county a few years back. I'm not going to name names here, but they said that with a test match, the ideal length of it from a financial point of view is four days um, because of the, the operation, etc. So, um, yeah, no, well done. Anyway, let's uh, let's move further up the M1 from uh, from Leicester and let's go up to Chesterfield and the beautiful Queen's Park and the crooked spire of the uh, Chesterfield. Is it a church or a cathedral that overlooks the ground? But it's uh, it's what Chesterfield's famous for. But this was a game of two Tobies. Middlesex got two five one. Toby Petman for Derbyshire three for forty. Uh, they Derbyshire then batted again. They got two two nine. Toby Ronan Jones five for forty five. 
Middlesex batters again, 196, Mark Stoneman 67. The Derbyshire cantered home by six wickets, thanks to Sean Massoud with 98. And we've got our roving reporter at the ground, Annie Chave, who's having a chat with Mickey Arthur. So let's go to Annie. I've only got a, a couple of questions to ask you. Um, so you're a South African. I've been arguing with another certain South African. He claims that the county championship is mediocre and boring. Do you find the county championship mediocre and boring again? No, I, I, I've loved it. I, I, thought, uh, I, I thought it's been really good. What I've seen throughout the Irish side is a lot of young players wanting to get better. And every day they come into training, they train to get better. Mm. Um, the standards that we set are the standards that are equivalent that I've set with international teams all around the world. And the guys, the guys generally meet those standards. Um, there's a lot of players that... Uh, that as I've always said, want to become the best players that they can possibly be. And I think mm-hmm. certainly in our setup, we're providing them with that um, with that structure uh, in order for them to progress their careers. So for me, what I've seen with our guys has been fantastic. I thought the county championship has been very well fought this year. Yeah. Um, I think there's been some wonderful cricket playing so far. And, uh, yeah, it's. I, I th- I, I'm. I'm really excited to be working it. And this is second division. Yeah, yeah, 100% with it. yeah. Uh, we haven't played any any division one sides. Yeah. We had a pre-season game against um, against Lancashire, um, and, and and they were very very good. Um, I, I'd I'd probably say that without wanting to sound too um, politically incorrect, but I'd say Nottingham show that we've played are, are probably Division One standard. Uh-huh. Um, and that was a really, really hard full bikini contested game. Yeah. But I thought the standards through the game were really good. There was in that game there was four in outside international players when you bring in Dave Patterson, James Patterson, um, Saranga and and Sean. Um, and then it, and then it was sprinkled with a lot of a lot of guys that had played for England. So yeah. it, and it was really really well fought through through the through the four days. So I um, was. Uh, the stand's really, really good. Okay, and we've seen uh, a lot of centuries and double centuries. Do you, what, what would you put that down to? Do you think it's down to um, the grounds, the balls, or do you think it's just um, good technique? Or? Well, well I, I put that down. I think the weather's been been exceptional. Yeah. We, we haven't lost... Apart from coming off the snow in Oxford in a pre-season game, we haven't lost we haven't lost a session to creep through the whole summer so far. Um, so I think that does play a role. I think playing on really good wickets have will it will make players better. Um, your bowlers have to become better because they've got to get enough balls in the right area. You know, so they've got to learn to build pressure. They've got to learn to control the run rate. It makes them international bowlers. So. so uh, on flat wickets, they've got to do that, and allows batsmen with a good, allows them to trust their technique, allows them to trust their defence. When they trust their defence and trust their technique, they know they can get in the score big runs, and that's what they've done. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to see you uh, in Derbyshire next year. Then is that the, you know, is that your plan? Hundred percent of this. Yes, yes. Hopefully for a couple of years to come. Excellent. Well, it's lovely to meet you. Thank you. Good to meet Thank you, you. Thank you. Sam. Mickey Arthur's obviously a happy man after that result. It's a great result for Derbyshire. Fantastic. They are just exceeding expectations. They're in there. We talked about Nottinghamshire. We've talked about Middlesex. Glance at the table. 
who's just behind them in Derbyshire. They gave them a bit of a run for their money down at Lords on day four. All results were possible. Shah Massoud, I mean, Middlesex will be sick of the sight of Shah Massoud, or I suspect they're not the only bowling attack that are. He's a class act. I mean, Wayne Madsen as well has, is having a bit of a sparkling season. I don't think he's been as good as he has been in the past, the last couple of years. But this year, maybe we're having someone like Masood around. It's just inspired him. And that must happen. Just brings the other players up a level, having him in there. I saw a lovely photo of him with his family in there as well. So brilliant to get them across to the parks to watch some county cricket. Yeah, it's no what Mickey Arthur, what a job he's doing there. And they've got a good side. But, you know, we talked about the New Zealanders, Glenn Phillips playing... T20 cricket and then four-day cricket. Mark Watt, the Scotland spinner, is in there in the Derbyshire side. He's playing T20 cricket, but also in this game. Um, and I'm going to ask you, from the other end, disappointing result for Middlesex, but it's Stuart Broad or Jimmy Anderson is unavailable at some point during the summer. Is the next man in Toby Rowland-Jones? Uh Probably not, but I, I'd like to see him. He uh, he's never let anyone down. He's uh, averages under twenty with the ball for England, and not many not many people do that at Test level. I think he's nineteen point eight eight or something like that. His Test bowling average. So you know the quality is obviously there. It's whether he, Middlesex can keep him fit, and if they can, then I mean he is the reason why, or one of the reasons why they're at the top of the table. Going back to Wayne Madsen, I believe he went through 20,000 or 20,000 career runs for Derbyshire the other day. And, you know, what a player. And he stayed loyal to his county as well. He's had offers from other places to go, as would anyone who churns out the amount of runs that he does. But uh, absolutely fantastic from Wayne Madsen. Let's move on down to Cardiff. And Sussex had Jack Brooks there on loan, came in from Somerset. Uh, but it was Oliver Carter, 185, uh, as Sussex were 376 all out. There were four, four wickets there for Andrew Salter. Glamorgan then, uh, they lost Di Lloyd early, but there was a partnership of 328 between Eddie Byram, 176. I believe he's known as Eddie the Mute due to being a quiet character down at Somerset. Uh, and Colin Ingram got 178. Glamorgan ended up 494 all out. Sussex then 258. Carter 83. They had Glamorgan rocking at nine for three, but Sam Northeast and Kieran Carlson, both with 45, saw them home by five wickets, despite the great efforts there of Sean Hunt and Jack Brooks. Um, Sam, the loan system, it's it's becoming more and more prevalent, isn't it? Yeah, I'm in the middle of writing something about it, actually, because I think it's really interesting. It's great. I, you know, Jack Brooks has gone out there. In the end, I think you get the grumbles from Somerset fans going, oh, we needed him this week because he would have been in the team. But you can't you can't legislate for two concussions. No. But yeah, I, it's interesting to see where they go it because initially, they've redu- over time, they've reduced the period of the minimum period of a loan. It's now down to two weeks. And from what I gather, essentially they they are rubber stamped. It's the the it's brilliant. It's about getting players out to play cricket. Um, uh, young players, slightly older players like Jack Brooks, brilliant for 
you know, he might not take as many wickets as he'd have liked, but for those Sussex young boys in that side to have a double county championship winner and a character like Jack Brooks in their side, brilliant. I do think, and this isn't a criticism of this loan or any loan in particular, and I've said it before on the show, I, I think we probably need to get a little bit ahead of the game, be prevention rather than cure, because, I mean, who would have said a year or two ago, you'd have gone, oh, well, there'll be players retiring out in the blast to give players who are better runners or with a better strike rate a chance to come in. You'd have gone, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. no chance. So yeah. why, while teams now aren't necessarily manipulating it at the moment, sport is about pushing the boundary. Everyone in sport pushes the boundaries, pushes the rules, the laws, to get as big an advantage as they can. And my worry is that you get the bigger, maybe more, richer sides holding on to more players and, and then just being able to manipulate the system a little bit and go, oh, we're going to put that player there for that couple of games because it suits us. And uh, But actually, we're going to pull them back because we need them. We don't need the other team, the team we're learning them to, to win that week. And it, I know that that's going to an extreme level, but as I say, prevention better than cure. I think you've got to get your squad sorted largely in the winter. Uh, maybe emergency loans or if they're longer term or with a view to permanent signing, great. But it's a difficult one. One of the strange things about cricket is a lot of the action or transfer action, well, it's not transfer action, but it will be soon. I'm sure there'll be a transfer system in place. It tends to happen during the season as opposed to, to football where there are windows. But, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, you, you can blame Jack Brooks is out of contract at the end of the season. He's 38 years old. He needs to be playing. Uh, we also saw Nathan Souter this week. He's gone out on loan up to Durham. And, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be leaving Middlesex at the end of the season. Yeah, no blame at all attributed to the players. So it's not about, it's not accusing anyone of saying, of doing anything wrong. Or, but I just wonder if we need to think about, OK, integrity of the competition. Does it need to be for half a season? Does it need to be for the entire campaign? Does it need to be slightly longer minimum periods? Do you keep emergency loans a bit like football goalkeepers? So if you need a wicketkeeper, it's such a specialist position. Um, because, you know, Sussex have been hit by injury. There are other sides that have maybe made loans and it's more about form. And I'm not so... You pick your squad at the start of the season and if you've got players that are fit, batters that are fit or whatever, they should really be playing over you being able to bring someone in for one game. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's move on up to the northeast. Uh, not Sam Northeast, Durham, at Chesler Street, where Rachin Ravindra, 217 he got, Ben Rain, 103, Paul Coughlin, 100, Durham, 642 for seven. Worcestershire then responded, 550, Brett Oliveira, 100, Ed Bernard again in the runs, he got 100. Durham then had time to finally get to 102 for none on what looks like a flat one and probably was the, the most stale sporting event seen in the North East since Steve Bruce was manager at Newcastle United. Uh, bit, of a, bit of a grim one, but Rachin Ravindra, he's another New Zealander, Sam, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And he's just what New Zealand need, actually, because... There's, we've seen a couple of the, you know, Daryl Mitchell, Michael Bracewell, brilliant players, but a lot of their squad are in their early to mid 30s. So, as brilliant as they've been, Ross Taylor talked a little bit about it when I was very lucky to speak to him. They need a bit of succession planning, and someone like Ravindra is the future. He's a lovely, lovely human being. He didn't stop smiling when I was very fortunate to speak to him. He had that amazing, I don't know if you remember it, but 
uh, over the winter, he and Ajaz Patel were the two that kept out Ravichandran Ashrin, Ravindra Jadeja, and Axar Patel for almost, I was, it felt like an eternity to save that test for New Zealand. So he knows how to bat time. He's got a lovely story. Parents love cricket. His dad formed this club called Hutt's Hawk Club. Uh, from they lived in New Zealand, but they used to go on tours over to India, all kind of levels. People like Jimmy Nisham had been on those tours, so he was playing over in India almost every year from as a youngster. And he was just in Dublin, he said, with his mates, got a call. And Durham said, do you fancy it? Uh, naturally, he said yes. I think it's fair to say that that uh, phone call paid dividends, albeit not in points. And I think he's going to try, the word is he's going to try and play some club cricket up in the northeast, which is a good standard. And that, su- that suggests to me there might have been a conversation saying, well, you just, you stay in the air, Arachin. Don't go, don't go too far because there might be a use for you later in the season. Yeah, Marcus Norse, a canny operator out there. And uh, he's, a, you know, he's got that Australian pragmatism, isn't he? And uh, he's, he's doing a good job. I know they're third from bottom, but that table is very, very tight. Nottinghamshire, our streets ahead on 131. Middlesex have slipped to second, 121. And then you've got a host of sides who are all pushing it. Glamorgan, 104. Derbyshire, 104. Worcestershire, 103. Durham, 98. Then there's a big, big gap down to Sussex on 58 and Leicestershire on 54. Sam, next year, no one knows what's going to happen yet. There's going to be three divisions of six, potentially, or if it's two divisions of nine... Uh, you know, there's, there's talk in the this week about, uh, you know, Yorkshire have had been charged with disrepute from the ECB and there's sure to be some sanctions that come off the back of that. Um, you know, it's been mooted on social media that there's a potential relegation there or, you know, taking away the Headingley test is another option perhaps. Um, how, how's the, the sort of, you know, how's next season shaping up in your eyes? Or don't we know? We just don't know, which is madness. They're taking aside, I mean, the Yorkshire situation, we, we, I don't think we'll cover it here, but we're well aware it's happening. Um, and those charges have been brought and that will be dealt with um, in due course. But for them in particular, but for every side, how can you start a competition not knowing what you're playing for? Because that's essentially what we're doing. We're going, oh, well... Oh, these are the bottom two in Division 1, so will they go down? But actually, that might not be the case at all. It might be actually you have to finish in the top six and then the bottom four of Division 1 go into, what is it, Conference 2 and then the top two don't get promoted from Division 2. Like I just don't see how as a player or how as a club you can plan ahead with that without knowing at the start of the season. It's just nonsense, Dan. No, it's, it's like it's like going for a night out in a restaurant without booking a table, isn't it, Sam? So uh, there you go, there you go. Um, anyway, that rounds up the, this week's action. Oh well, thank you very much, Dan. I think that was pretty seamless. Uh, you did a, a fine job shepherding us through eight county championship games. Lovely. I mean, we don't have Annie with us in person here today, but lovely to hear from her and chatting to Mickey Arthur up at Derbyshire too. Fantastic addition to County Cricket. There's, I love Derbyshire as a club. There's some really good people around there, both you know David Griffin, Dave Fletcher, the commentator. I mean, go and follow Dave Griffin on Twitter. He's absolutely hilarious. Mickey Arthur. Chesterfield, they've got another game there as well, haven't they, at the weekend against Yorkshire, I think it is, in the T20. Love out ground cricket. 
Paul Edwards was there. You've got to love outground cricket. I mean, you know, if there are less championship games, the outground is going to die, isn't it? And, you know, I mean, I'm off next month to Cheltenham, which I'm really looking forward to. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Arundel's another good one, isn't it, where people love down there. And uh, outground cricket is absolutely wonderful. And Queen's Park is, I believe Sachin Tendulkar described it as one of his favourite grounds of all time. So it doesn't get a better endorsement than that, does it? No, I hope they've got that like on a sign out. So, you know, a bit like, you know, Guardian, four stars, Telegraph, four stars, Tendolka, best but, ground I've ever played. A blue at. plaque on the pavilion. <laughs> Absolutely. If they haven't got one there, they need to get one soon. Right. Well, Dan, look, thanks very much. Your company has been magnificent as ever. Yeah, thanks, Sam. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, we'll see you next week, won't we, Sam? Yeah, we'll be back towards the more Red Bull fixtures. I don't know, this four-day cricket, it might 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 catch on this has been county cricket natters with dan whiting and myself sam dalling we'll speak to you soon we got some beautiful chow well then now dan and i were just having a post county cricket natters natter and into my email inbox dropped a lovely email from the ecb saying jamie overton had been added to the england squad for the next test against new zealand i had a quick check it's not in lieu of his brother the twins are in there dan what do you think about that well, he deserves it, doesn't he? As you said earlier, he's bowling real heat at the moment, proper wheels. And, uh, you know, England needs someone like that. They've got about seven fast bowlers out, all with the same injury as well, all with lower back injuries. And, uh, you know, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen Jamie Overton. He, he didn't play in the, the game against uh, Gloucestershire at Bristol. But, um, you know, from what I'm hearing from everyone around, everyone said he deserves his chance. Yeah, deserves his chance, Jamie Overton. He's in brilliant form, form of his career. As I was saying a bit earlier in the show, he looks to have matured and he's worked a lot with Azam Mahmood, the Surrey bowling coach. I mean, that what that bloke can do with ball is absolutely magic. Uh, Jamie speaks very highly of him. Well-deserved. He's been talked about for about 10 years, despite being still a relative youngster. Uh, since he was 18, he's been in and around those England fast bowling camps and squads for various different games. Will he finally get his chance? I kind of hope so. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see, well, two Overtons from a Somerset and Surrey perspective? Yeah, Jamie has that extra pace that can just make batters jump around a bit. Yeah, no, fingers crossed and good luck. Good luck to Jamie, good luck to Craig. And uh, with the series wrapped up, I think it's a, a way to, to have a look at these guys as well. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Podcast Network.